Welcome to Dietitian Boss. I'm Libby Rothschild, your host and fellow dietitian. I'm a coach to my fellow female colleagues all around the world. I help you get leads and turn prospective clients into paying customers using online marketing and social media strategies that focus on sales. Hello and welcome. I'm here today with Carrie McCarthy of Peace With Food on Instagram. Carrie helps women struggling with their relationship with food bridge the gap between their mind and body using mindfulness and meditation skills. Carrie is a certified eating disordered registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, and registered yoga teacher. Her work is driven by her passion for food and its natural ability to create social connection. Carrie's love for food and cooking developed at a young age when she started cooking for her family to help her entrepreneur mom when she had to work late. Her love for food and science caused her to major in nutrition and dietetics. It was an unexpected experience with her internship, her senior year of college, that put her on a journey to treat eating disorders and disordered eating. Carrie believes activating the mind-body connection is the key to making peace with food and comfortably allowing food to be the center of life's experiences. Carrie is a newlywed and lives in Fort Lauderdale, Florida with her husband, Randy, and her two dogs, Gunnar and Lydia. Carrie has a private practice in Fort Lauderdale where she treats eating disorders and disordered eating. Hello and welcome to today's episode, Carrie. Hi, Libby. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you on and, and share all of your experience. So I was wondering, is there anything that I missed or that you want to fill us in with about that bio that I just didn't quite capture with the intro? I don't think so. I think it was pretty comprehensive. Okay, excellent. Then let's uh, dive right in and uh, tell us about your practice in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and how is it set up and, and the types of people that you specifically serve? Yeah, so I serve the populations of eating disorders and disordered eating. So I have an in-person private practice, and then um, I do have some virtual clients, but the majority of my clientele is in-person here in Fort Lauderdale. Excellent. And how long did you say you've been doing that for, Carrie? So my practice is going on about a year and a half of having that open. Yeah. And what would you say is your you know, favorite part and then your least favorite part about having your practice? So I guess my favorite part would be the one-on-one -on -one interaction, the counseling skills that I get to use and, you know, seeing transformation with clients and their relationship with food kind of happen right before your eyes. And probably the least, the least favorite part I guess would be just maybe that kind of business piece there that we don't really learn in school as dietitians and that we have to kind of continue to explore on our own after our schooling. What specifically about the business? Do you mean like money skills, retention skills, marketing, sales skills? Like what specific business skill? I would say probably all of the above, a little of all the above, but Mostly, I would say mostly maybe the, the money piece and just, you know, kind of that feeling of being okay with accepting money for a service, which logically is totally fine. But, you know, then there's that emotional part of us as wanting to help people that sometimes, you know, you feel a little bit bad about collecting money. Um, I will say that it has gotten better as time goes on. I definitely feel more deserving of making money for my service, but I think it, it takes time and 
and practice to kind of understand that as a practitioner. I really appreciate you sharing that. And I can say my experience coaching, I've heard that from, I believe, if not every, almost every single one of my clients. Uh, So thank you for sharing that. Sometimes that can be a really hard thing to say. And I really appreciate that you said that right off the bat. I was thinking you might've said something about like marketing and just the whole like sales process, but you went right for the association (laughs) of money and receiving monies for your services. And so what has helped you like overcome that? Or like you said, it's, it's easier than it once was. What's kind of helped bridge the gap to help you you know, own being a service-based provider and accepting money to help your clients for their service that you provide? I think reflecting back to what the service is and, you know, the reason I do what I do is because I believe in it. And I think it would be different if somebody's, you know, sell or promoting a service or selling even a product that they just don't believe in. Um, but I think when you truly believe in the service and you have that passion for it, I think it you know, it's not like you're, it's a, it's not a sales gimmick. Like it's something real and you're really trying to help somebody, but things just don't happen for free. So, you know, have to understand that you are providing a service for somebody and you do deserve to be reimbursed appropriately for that. Yeah, that's great. And then uh, those positive affirmations, uh, right? Those come in hand. Uh, I, I deserve money and money comes to me. And, and yeah, I know that those are, um, really powerful to be telling ourselves that and practicing that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's something big and, you know, since we've worked together, that's something that I use with my clients. So therefore I'm, I'm a big believer in practicing what you preach. So I try to apply that to my own life as well. Absolutely. And I think that sets a great example for your clients. You know, we're all working on different aspects, whether it's money mindset or whether, you know, for your clients or your patients, it's disordered eating and eating disorders. So I think that's, that's really powerful to see uh, that whatever we've identified as something we need to improve on, we're making efforts to amend that through positive affirmations. Yeah, really powerful stuff. Yeah. Talking about social media, uh, specifically Instagram, uh, can you tell us what made you use social media as a business tool and you know, making that switch um, from using Instagram as a uh, maybe like a personal tool to a business tool and what, what are some of the lessons that you've learned with that? So I think just kind of moving with the times is what really kind of made me want to set out and be more intentional with my Instagram. I, I knew even when I was an undergrad that I wanted to have a private practice where I treated eating disorders and disordered eating. So immediately hit the ground running. Like I just was, I soaked up as much as I could when I worked for another dietitian's practice you know, marketing and how to develop relationships with uh, other clinicians in the field and, and all that stuff. So I felt really, really confident, not comfortable, but confident going into developing my in-person private practice. Sure. Completely different game with Instagram. I felt so, um, so kind of just all over the place and like not knowing where to start. And you know, it's hard for me to put myself out there. And I know that a lot of people can relate to that. So um, it's a really difficult thing to kind of be vulnerable and put yourself out there. So yeah, I mean, I kind of just knew that the world is kind of going in, in line with social media and using that to market and, and really reach your ideal client. So just kind of going with the times. 
And when you say put yourself out there, and that's wonderful, and I, I appreciate that reflection. What does put yourself out there mean to you in your words, Carrie? Because does that, I'm, I'm assuming that means show your face, but if you could kind of explain in your words what you think that means. Definitely show your face. Like I mentioned before, I believe that practicing what you preach is really, really important. And even with my clients in person, you know, whether it's eating disorders, disordered eating, I think that it's really important to them when they feel like they can relate to you. So therefore, kind of being able to, like you said, just put your face out there and kind of just show like, how, how do I apply the things that I'm teaching other people? How do I apply that to my life? And it's not hard to put it out there because I'm not doing it. It's just, I'm just, my personality is naturally more of an introverted person. That's why I do really well with my one-on-one in-person counseling skills. And I'm really, really confident with that. Right. But you know, kind of putting myself out there to, I don't even know who that for me feels a little bit more scary. I'm completely understandable. And, and I appreciate that reflection. It's a new skill set. And, and so with that being said, talk, talk to us about, you do put yourself out there. You're, you know, visible on your feed and you show up on your stories. So can you talk a little bit about how you got to, you know, that process and, and what's helped you break through to be able to share more vulnerability with your audience and build your audience? So I would say really, I mean, working with you and just investing in yourself, investing in yourself as a person, investing in yourself as a professional. I think that, you know, I did did do like a couple of courses online Mm -hmm. and I kind of hit a wall and I knew that I couldn't grow anymore without reaching out and really getting someone someone else's professional help so someone who who knows instagram and who knows social media and how to grow because i was feeling really stuck right and so walk us through what you did was it small steps you ended up like because you went from using instagram as a personal tool to mm-hmm. having a lot more context as far as who you're talking to and creating content that appeals to them. So can you kind of break that down for listeners to know how you got from a mindset of realigning and, and, and you know, improving your skills to learn how to stay up with the times? Like, how did that happen? Was it posting more consistently, creating a schedule, like walk us through tangible steps? Yeah. So definitely, um, I know that we talk a lot and I know that you talk a lot about with your clients and on your Instagram is defining your niche. And so for me, I do in in person, I treat both eating disorders and disordered eating. Mm -hmm. And so having uh, appointment appointments with you, I know you're like, okay, so that's not the same thing. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, of course, of course I can reach both of those people. So for me first, it was narrowing it down. So I would like, I wanted my Instagram to focus more on disordered eating and kind of like to be more preventive, right? Like, so that eating disorders don't happen. So I thought I could have a bigger reach with that. So that was the first step. And then developing the avatar that we talk about so that that also makes putting yourself out there, not so scary, because if you can think of this one person, this one ideal client and speak to him or her every single time, it's going to make your approach that much more effective. And therefore that domino effect of making sales and marketing and, and um, getting leads that much more attainable. Absolutely. So those were a couple of big steps. What else? Definitely knowing what you're good at and delegating. So let's talk about that. 
(laughs) (laughs) So as I said, I feel really comfortable working one-on-one with people. Am I good at images and, you know, kind of all the back-end stuff? Absolutely not. So that was something that you helped me with, you know, setting me up with virtual assistant, uh, somebody to do some graphic design images for me. And that just felt like, oh, like what a weight off my shoulders. And then, you know, you're, you are appropriately paying people for a service, right? And so then to see the return and what I was getting for it and how that helped me so much and clear up and just helped me with time management and just kind of, you know, enhancing my Instagram and my brand, it's just like such tremendous help. That's incredible. And, and so Thank you for sharing that. And I want to explain a little bit behind the scenes of what you do with how you're able to delegate. So just to break down for listeners, uh, Carrie is able to identify her strengths, which is such an important skill that a lot of us are not able to do. So really sit down and say, what do I enjoy doing? What am I good at doing? And it's completely okay to not be good at everything, right? I'm, I'm a lot like uh, very similar with content creation. You know, I delegate and have, I strategize the content and have somebody else make it. So what Carrie's able to do is have a great idea, have it aligned with her avatar, solving a specific pain point, aligned with disordered eating. And then she's able to get, you know, a designer to make that for her. And on top of that, uh, Carrie's able to really strategize what that content should be to align with who she's talking to, to support her bottom line. And then Carrie doesn't have to worry about doing the minutiae that she doesn't feel is aligned with her best skills. And so I just want to say that for those of you who might, you know, who follow Carrie, I hope you do, <laughs> and connect with her, the behind the scenes of getting to, you know, have a full busy practice in Florida, and then also able to take that online. Um, I believe one of Carrie's keys is being able to have other, you know, supporting a supporting team member or supporting people take off the load. And so I just, I really appreciate you sharing that. And I feel like it's not known enough that you don't have to do every single piece of Instagram. If you're not great at content creation, well, not the strategy, but really the like actual execution, the color and the design. It's really easy to have somebody just do that for you. You just have to, you know, really take the reins on that and allow yourself to not do every piece of the puzzle. Yeah, definitely. So when you had mentioned that that has been helpful, walk us through, like, if you didn't have that design element, what do you think would happen? What would you be doing? Like, has that significantly helped or what, how has that created a process for you? Or maybe you could walk us through your, your content creation process very just briefly. Yeah. Well, I would say it, it helps me with consistency and that is something that I definitely still struggle with, I would say, but being able to have content that is created by a professional and not just you know, me, who's a service-based dietitian, it just, it, it just makes it that much better and just gives better content. And then I'm able to write a caption, right? So those, so my words are able to connect with whoever's reading it because that's what my specialty is. Incredible. This is like so incredible. And you, to break down the caption in the words and I, aligning that, you know, Carrie's saying she likes to allocate her time there and not with the actual design implementation. But I know Carrie's dictating and describing exactly what she wants done by the designer. Carrie's just not actually designing it. And I think that's such an underused skill from so many service providers who are, you know, maybe not interested or competent in all aspects of the design process, including myself. 
And there's nothing wrong with not being a stellar, you know, designer, right? But I do think it's all about knowing what you're, you're decent at and or good at, and then just not doing the things that you're not good at um, and allowing that to, to be done by somebody else. And you are selling, Carrie. So you're, you know, you're making sales and increasing visibility through Instagram. So can you walk us through a little bit about, you know, selling on Instagram and your process with marketing, building your email list? Uh, walk us through a little bit of, about that, please. Yeah. And so my focus when I, you know, reached out to you and wanted to work together, my focus was actually not trying to get more one-on-one clients, but really um, my focus was to try to build an email list so that I could continue to make my message more clear Mm -hmm. so that my followers, you know, kind of know what to expect and and know the messages that they're going to hear from me so that I could maybe develop a course for them and potentially work with brands who I align with their views and they align with my views. Um, so yeah, passive income is definitely was definitely something that I wanted to get going on um, using Instagram. But I also have received inquiries and made sales for one for someone one on clients. Even though that wasn't my intention with Instagram. I remember you telling me one time because I was kind of hitting like a lull of, of getting some, some new subscribers through my freebie. And I was like, maybe I should just change the freebie. Maybe it's not attractive enough. And you're like, no, no, no. And that's the thing with Instagram. It's like, it's not an exact science. So you, it's like, you always have to look at all the different aspects and angles, like what, what could it have been, but not really beating yourself up, just trying to find a new path. that's going to lead you, you know, towards the road that you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so how do you use Instagram now today versus how you used it before you treated Instagram as a business tool with strategizing your content, thinking about your captions, growing your email list, and then increasing your visibility among your ideal client? Yeah, there was absolutely no strategy. I had no idea what I was doing. I would post here and there. And some images in my mind, when they made sense, what I found out with you was that it wasn't a clear message. Um, So even though my intention was good, I just, it was something that I wasn't educated on. Again, it just wasn't my area of expertise. So I had to do some education and some learning on and really figure out, you know, how to use it as a business tool and not just something to just kind of do and, and waste time. So how to use my time appropriately and make it very, you know, business task oriented. Yep, absolutely. And then with that being said, with growing your email list, talk to us because some of the listeners here might not understand a connection. Growing an email list is not always the most easiest thing <laughs> to market or talk about because a lot of, you know, there's a, um, a lot of talk about gaining followers. And I've, you know, talked about this before that vanity metrics, meaning likes and followers are not the, you know, only indication of success. There are so many people uh, that have smaller followings, but they have targeted followings and they're able to make sales. So vanity metrics are not the only indicator, but your email list looking directly at um, passive income, growing your email list, driving traffic to grow your email list is a really smart 
business move because then when you have your you have people on your list you can send them emails nurture them and then you can sell to them because I know Carrie has you know is interested in passive income and creating content to sell to her audience so walk us through a little bit about how you use Instagram to build your list are you using calls to action like what's that process look like how does that set you up for your next stage with passive income creation yes so for every post, there is a call to action. Um, so every post I am trying to plug my freebie. Um, so I'm trying to get my followers to, or whoever's looking at my post, to click on the link in my bio and so that they could enter their email address and then they'll receive my freebie. And then that enables to me to have them on my email list. So um, in addition to calls to action, what I've been doing, something that is more recent for me is also um, sharing and reminding people in my stories for that. So especially like after I post something, I might put up a post and then share that in my story, talk briefly about that post, and then also maybe put up a little screenshot of what they would, uh, partially of what they would receive if they did click the link in my bio for my freebie. Right. And so what that's doing, that's a strategy. I know Carrie says she's still getting inquiries and making sales one-on-one and she's, which is, you know, great, but she's really trying to drive passive income. So what Carrie's doing is she's setting herself up for success so that when she has that course or that pre-sale, that pre-launch, she's taking those, you know, people on her list and sending them emails and, and using, you know, her nurture sequences, using email marketing to be able to get those prospects to purchase and become paying clients, whether it's a course, a digital product, or down the line, a group program service, et cetera, whatever she decides to sell. Um, so that's a really smart way for, for Carrie to set herself up. I know some of you are growing your email list, some of you are not. And um, if you're not sure what to do and what to sell on Instagram, it's always a great idea to grow your list because you do own your list, unlike your followers, you don't own them. Um, so I, I like that you're doing that. And I appreciate also that you are using calls to action, you're showing up on your stories, and you're communicating and engaging with your audience, um, which are all great ways to, to build the know, like, and trust. Is there anything else that you want to share uh, to the audience or kind of walk us through uh, uh, tips or let us know anything more about you and, and your process? Um, kind of mentioned it before, but I can't stress enough how important it really is to invest in yourself. Um, and I think that can show up on many different levels. So whether it's working with a coach um, enrolling yourself in an online course. So anything that's going to help um, allow yourself to be a better pro- professional. I just think that I can't, I just can't hone in on that enough, how important that is. Like I am always investing in myself, whether it's, you know, on the business end of things, or even just for me to be a, a, a great practitioner so that I can do the work that I love with my clients. I mean, I, Yes to that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm all about that. And I think that, that that's also a, a big reason um, how I've grown my practice. And I appreciate that that is some, really important to you as well. Yeah. Another thing I would say would be trying not to get stuck in the comparison trap with people who are within your niche, you know, other, other professionals in your niche or, or just even some other professionals out there. I will be vulnerable and say it is really, really easy to do. It's so easy for me to get caught in that trap. But 
again, I think with the work that I do and the messages that I give to my clients, I do catch myself and I'm able to catch myself and kind of pull myself out of that and realize that we are all individualized and we all have, you know, something to offer the clients in need or potential clients in need who are out there and show up like, like just how it's so hard for me to show up when I see other professionals on their Instagram doing stories and just kind of putting themselves out there and being vulnerable and being authentic. It, I'm like, you go girl. Like that is awesome. So um, I think that if people see me doing that, I would hope that they would feel the same way. Yeah. And I, that, what a great message to send. And thank you for bringing up, you brought up like the two big topics, like the money <laughs> mindset and the comparison and also investment and delegation, like so many good tips for you listeners. And I really appreciate you sharing, being vulnerable and just continuing to represent what you're doing on social, which is talking about things that are difficult. And I think that sets a great example um, for your colleagues and for your clients, uh, because that helps them, that helps them, you know, you build the know, like, and trust with them. I know it works for me when people are vulnerable with me, it makes me want to work with them as well. Yeah, definitely. I could not agree more. Excellent. On that note, I just want to make sure uh, for all of you listening to uh, go find Carrie and find her at peace.with.food on Instagram. Um, tag us on this episode. If you know, Let us know what you enjoyed and what you learned from listening to our conversation and from Carrie sharing her vulnerable experience with money mindset, delegation, investment, and really you know, staying up with the times, which is important if you want to progress ahead in, in business and, and really increase your visibility. Any other final thoughts, Carrie? Um, no, I think that's, I think that's it. I really enjoyed, you know, the opportunity to be able to be on here. I've always loved your podcast, continue to listen to it. Um, and it's such an honor to have worked with you and, and continue to work and just be here. I, I appreciate that. And likewise, I'm extremely happy to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you for joining today's episode. If you'd love to learn more about how to get leads online and turn prospective customers into clients, apply for my coaching. I still have a wait list. Go ahead and visit LibbyRothschild.com. That's www.LibbyRothschild.com. Go under signature service and apply for my wait list.